Welcome to the Intuitive Rising Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Brooks. Up until about five years ago, I was your average mom of three. It was after the sudden loss of my father that my life changed forever and the rising within me began. Since then, I've embraced my gifts and have stepped into my role as an evidential psychic medium, past life reader, higher self mentor, holy fire Reiki practitioner, and published author. In this podcast, we will talk all things spiritual and healing through a very grounded and relatable approach. I hope you'll continue to join me each week, remembering who you always were as we rise together. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Intuitive Rising Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Brooks, and today we are here to talk about soulmates. What are they? Do I believe in soulmates? Um, Have soulmates come up in client readings for me? The concept of soulmates, what does spirit have to say about soulmates? So we're going to talk about that today, a little bit also about the concept of twin flames. Okay, so buckle up. Here we go. I got this question all the time. Amy, what are soulmates? Are they real? What does spirit say? Okay, so first of all, I'm going to go to Wikipedia and bring up their definition of soulmate. And I do agree with it, which is why I am using it. A soulmate is a person with whom one has a feeling of deep and natural affinity. Um, you know, often a romantic or platonic partner with a lifelong sort of bond. Um, now this lifelong bond piece, although I do agree that Sometimes soulmates have that. I don't agree that all soulmates will be in each other's lives forever. And we will come back to that in just a moment as we get on with it. Um, But according the definition, according to Wikipedia, in current usage, soulmate usually refers to a romantic or platonic partner with the implication of an exclusive lifelong bond. It commonly holds the connotation of being the strongest bond with another person that one can achieve. People who believe in soulmates commonly accept that one will feel complete once they have found their soulmate, as it is partially in the perceived definition that two souls are meant to unite. Okay, the term soulmate first appeared in the English language in a letter by Samuel Taylor Coleridge, Coleridge rather, in 1822. Um, so there's a couple historical uses for this. I'm just going to read them off, um, and then I'm going to get into kind of what I feel and have learned, um, about this concept myself through my work. Um, so according to, again, Wikipedia, uh, according to the esoteric religious movement, Theosophy, hope I said that right, whose claims were modified by Edgar Cayce, God created androgynous souls, equally male and female. Later theories postulate that the souls split into separate genders, perhaps because they incurred karma while playing around on the earth or separation from God, quote unquote. Over a number of reincarnations, each, each seeks each half, rather, seeks the other. When all karmic debt is purged, the two will fuse back together and return to the ultimate. Now, this is very similar to some online findings that I found when I was looking up definition of twin flame to give you. So that's interesting to me because I don't necessarily think of soulmates as you know, like one soul in two bodies at all. Um, but according to this uh, esoteric religious movement, theosophy, 
That's what is believed. Uh, the second historical usage, usage of this concept is New Aged. Um, according to Mark L. Prophet and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, a soulmate is a separate entity with whom one has spent many lifetimes as a friend, lover, co-worker, or partner, and to whom one is usually drawn to fulfill a specific mission. They describe a soulmate as one of many potential spiritual brothers or sisters, and even though there may be a great attraction and bond between soulmates fundamentally in the ultimate sense, you could define it more as brother-sister relationships, even though soulmates have great marriages and great unions of hearts. According to Mark Prophet, a soulmate relationship has to do with the seat of the soul Chandra. Hopefully I'm saying that right. It's C-H-A-N-D-R-A. So like Sandra, but Chandra. I'm going to say Chandra because there's a C-H. Uh, that Chandra just above the base. The connection is one of parallel and mutual evolution rather than origin. Now that I lean a little bit more to kind of prescribing to that um, concept versus the former, which is the theosophy um, with the karmic debt and the splitting of the souls and then coming back together. I do believe in karmic debt. I just don't know about this whole splitting of the souls and then purging back together. Uh, this new age concept definitely feels more in keeping with what I have experienced with and from spirit. So Soulmates do come up, the concept of soulmates, they have come up organically for me, uh, meaning that I'm not specifically asking about somebody's soulmate and, you know, the concept just comes up in somebody's reading, but more often than not, it would be uh, like a client asking me that. Is this person my soulmate? What does spirit have to say about this relationship? Will I find my soulmate? More often than not, it is an inquiry that I then take from client and see what will come through, what I can channel from spirit about. But it has come up organically a few times, and I will share some of those some of those moments um, with you in this episode. So my belief is kind of, like I said, leaning towards this more new age belief of soulmates uh, in the sense that, you know, this is a romantic, sometimes romantic, but often platonic relationship um, in which we just feel we feel a sense of connection, perhaps familiarity with each other, but more than that, a sense of kind of being forever changed because of that encounter, because of that relationship and that meeting of the two of you, the two souls. Um, so, you know, when I was growing up, even, I mean, 15, 20 years ago when I was, you know, in my, in my twenties, I was, um, actually that twenties was 20 years ago. <laughs> well, no, I guess not 15 years. I'd be in my later twenties. Anyways, I digress off topic once again. I certainly would have thought of the term soulmate as just romantic. And I also would have, you know, I met my husband when we were 24. Um, but before that, I certainly was like thinking of, oh, I hope I meet my soulmate kind of thing. Right. Um, and so I, I always thought it was romantic. I always thought it was like my other half, somebody that would make me feel complete and all of that stuff that we often think about the things we idolize, the things that we're conditioned to believe when we're growing up about, you know, um, about who this, who our soulmates are and that once we find them, we will be complete and all of that kind of stuff. So I certainly also was looking for that in my younger years. I wouldn't have necessarily thought of platonic relationships as being soulmates. However, 
since I have begun to do this work and I have this connection to spirit, I realize that soulmates are not just romantic connections. They certainly are platonic relationships as well. I've had, um, you know, information come through from the spirit about our soulmates can be our pets. Our soulmates can be a, a teacher, you know, a soulmate can be somebody you work with, a boss, a friend, a best friend, a grandmother, grandfather, brother, a sister. Um, it's not just romantic. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm just recovering from being sick. So a little bit of a cough still. So I apologize if I cough a little throughout the episode. Um, you know, it's not just romantic. And this piece about this lifelong bond piece, that's, I agree that some some of our soulmates we may have a lifelong bond with. Did you hear me say, did you notice me say some of our soulmates? I don't believe that we have just one soulmate. That's another thing that has changed since I started doing this work. And that's why I don't believe in this, like, my other half, you know, as if I'm half of the puzzle and I'm looking for the other half to complete me. We have more than one soulmate. We have more than one. Okay? Um, again, as always on this podcast, everything that I talk about is based on my opinion and my experience with the spirit world as a professional psychic medium. If uh, I'm referring or taking information from another source, I will always let you know that ahead of time, okay? Um, but yeah, I, I think that sometimes we can have lifelong bonds with people, with our soulmates. I think sometimes it's just for a season and that's okay too. The important distinction here is there's a feeling of familiarity like oh I don't know like have you ever experienced that where you've met somebody whether it's a friend um or maybe it is you know a family member um or a boss or what have you and it's just like you instantly feel familiar to each other there's a feeling of like safety there's a feeling of commonality potentially um there's just this bond that is more than you would find with someone else. So if it, in case of a friend, it's like there's something about this friend that feels much different than the rest of my friends, right? There's this extra level of connection and bond. So like I said, we can have more than one. It's mainly about that feeling that comes through, the familiarity, that bond. Now, something that's come through for me from Spirit before is that doesn't always have to be a forever thing. So if it's a friend that comes into your life or there's a professor or there is a coworker or maybe there's a pastor or, you know, somebody in your life, <coughs> excuse me, in which is a soulmate, for you, they may come in at a specific time in your life to help and assist you as agreed upon beforehand in your soul contract together that you would connect and meet at this time in life. Um, and, you know, that you would both be forever changed because of that connection. I just looked down. Oh, recording for 1111. I'll be drinking, taking lots of water breaks during this episode simply because I have a cough. So, um, yeah, so lifelong bond, maybe not more so, but the connection and the feeling that you have together, not always romantic, sometimes 
platonic. Okay. Um, I then want to talk about red, the red thread theory. Now, this is something that I didn't know about before, but it's something that came in during actually two or three readings over the last almost five years. So I'd never heard of this red thread theory. Um, sometimes it's called the red thread of fate or the red thread of marriage. I had not ever heard of this before. But I will tell you that about four years ago, I was doing a reading for somebody and they were somewhere in like the Midwest of the United States and uh, a female client and her mother was in spirit and there was still a lot of grief and things associated with her passing and we were connecting to her mother. <coughs> Sorry. And um, so at some point in the reading, the mother showed me her daughter, my client in front of me, with the red thread around her pinky finger and then showed me with a red thread around my pinky finger. And she was showing this red thread that connected us. And I thought, this is strange, you know? But I told my client what I was seeing and she said, oh my goodness, that's amazing. Um, I wonder what that means. And so I kind of stayed with it and I said, I feel like it just means that we were fated to meet, destined to meet. Um, perhaps we are, you know, soul family in some way. There's a familiarity. So in that regard, I guess you might say that's a bit of a soulmate, right? Like when you hear people say, I'm finding my soul tribe, my soul family. Maybe we could extend this concept of soulmates to our soul tribe, right? When we feel this deep bond and connection and familiarity and commonality with them. Maybe that's just, you know, an extension of what soulmate means. But that's the first time this concept came up for me. It was in a reading with a client about four years ago. And we were like, whoa, this is so cool. And really randomly, I will also tell you, then I hadn't... You know, I, I don't think she had social media and I didn't see her anywhere online. I often keep in touch with my clients. They all start following me on social media or, you know, we'll just we'll DM me once in a while and we'll keep in touch. And this person kind of just went off the radar. And once in a while, she would pop into my mind very randomly. Now, when something or someone pops in randomly, I often say this is connection to spirit, right? Like there's a download happening. Um you know, pay attention, pay attention. And so she would pop in maybe twice over the last four years. Most recently, she popped in my mind about three weeks ago. And the very next day, I got a message on my Facebook. And you know how sometimes if you get a message from somebody that is not on your friends list, it goes into like an others folder. And I don't know about you, but like I never check my others folder. So it's would be very rare that I would get those messages. But for whatever reason, on this particular day, I did go into my others folder and there was a message from her and it had only been sent earlier that same day. And she said, is this Amy? Um, she's like, Amy Brooks that did a reading for me, if this is you, like, I'm just wondering, you've been popping in my mind lately. I've been thinking about you. I'd love to keep in touch. And I went, oh my God, like I was just thinking about her yesterday. And so we kind of had a little chat and we were like, oh my God, yes, yes. It's, it's, so we're going to keep in touch. Um, 
but that's that person with the red thread. So this came up to me that way. It's also come up maybe two other times, not with me personally, um, in the sense of me being connected to client by the red thread, but in which I was seeing um, a red thread between um, my client and someone else, right? Either somebody else that's already in their life or somebody else that's about to come in. So uh, I've definitely had this concept come in in my readings from Spirit. I am again referring to Wikipedia here. I'm going to read off about the red thread of fate. It's also referred to as the red thread of marriage and other variants. It's an East Asian belief originating from Chinese mythology. It is commonly thought of as an invisible red cord around the finger of those destined to meet one another in a certain situation. According to Chinese legend, the deity in charge of the red thread is believed to be, and then I cannot pronounce Chinese, so I apologize, um, often abbreviated to Yu Lao. I'm going to say that. I will link this in the, um, in the notes in case you want to read it yourself. The old lunar matchmaker god who is in charge of marriages. In the original Chinese myth, it is tied around both parties' ankles. While in Japanese culture, it is bound from man's thumb to woman's little finger. Now, I find this interesting because in this... Um, in this message I received from Spirit when it was me and my client, we were both um, little fingers together. Now, do I think that this means we're meant to be married? No, I do not. But I do believe it was Spirit's way of saying, hey, you guys are like destined to meet, fated to meet. Um, you are soul family for sure. Um, although in modern times, it is commonly across both of these cultures to depict the thread being tied around the fingers, often the little finger. There you go. The color red in Chinese culture symbolizes happiness and is also prominently featured during Chinese weddings. The two people connected by the red thread are destined lovers, regardless of place, time, or circumstances. This magical cord may stretch or tangle, but never break. This myth is similar to the Western concept of soulmate or destined partner. So I love that so much. I am going to record, I am going to, uh, include this Wikipedia article in the show notes because there is a section here called folklore and there's a story behind, um, behind that Chinese mythology. So you might be interested in reading it or further researching it, but isn't that so cool how that came up in a reading and then showed up in that way? Um, I think so. I think it's really cool. So there's like kind of another take on soulmates, this predestined, are we predestined to meet each other? Now I do believe that our soul family, our soul tribe, our soul mate, mates, plural, um, we are fated and destined to meet. I really do believe that. And I believe they find, we find a way to connect in life at some point, whether it's early in life or late at life, I do believe that we connect. I don't believe that we like miss the opportunity to connect. I feel like in some way, shape or form, we connect to our soulmates. I do not subscribe to the concept of like other half or this person is meant to complete me. I don't think that's what soulmates are meant to do. I think that that feeling is more just like this a deep bond and familiarity and like I know you. I know you so well that it feels like you are a part of me. I feel like that's what that's all about versus you not being whole and searching for someone to complete you. I feel like you might feel a sense of complete 
weakness, maybe, because you've got this bond with this other person, but you are always whole. And that is something I want to talk about right now. But this has come up in readings before. This came up many years ago in a reading with a client who was, um, you know, healing from a, um, a divorce that was quite upsetting and, and traumatizing to this individual. And they were looking for guidance on how to navigate the next steps of life post-divorce and also, you know, what's next? Like that little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel of like what's coming next? Is there somebody else? Like, is my soulmate out there? Was that person not my soulmate? And I'm still yet to meet them, you know? And um, this, this what came up was this concept of, you know, what, what I was shown was like two, like say round eggs or two round balls, right? Two round circles. And that, you know, this, this round circle represents you. Okay. So you are whole. You are whole when you're born. You are not missing anything, right? You're not missing your other half. You already are a full being, a full soul, a whole soul. And that over time, based on our culture, based on our society, all the collective conditioning that we receive, we feel as if we're lacking bits and bobs and bits and pieces of us, right? Sometimes I feel like this concept of soulmate can be detrimental to us, especially if we are idealizing it or thinking like, I will never be whole until I find my soulmate. I think that that can... Um, present a whole slew of issues and problems. If you think about a soulmate as just being a um, an addition to you, right? As someone who feels good to be around versus someone to make you whole. That might help. I've been talking to my kids, especially my teens about this concept once in a while, you know, you already are a whole person. Like, let's like get rid of this idea of like, I want to find my other half. No, no, you, you already are a whole being. And what spirit taught me with this, this metaphor, this symbol that came through as the whole ball, right? The whole circle is that you are born that way as a whole being. Everybody is right. So when we are taught that we aren't whole, that we're looking for our better half, our other half, our soulmate. Um, we're looking for somebody to fill in the gaps of all the things that we think we're missing. We just project on each other. We constantly are projecting. We're like, okay, well, this is a gap in, in of mine. This is a perceived flaw of mine. This is something that I can't do, something that I'm not good at. I need somebody else to fill that gap for me in order for me to feel happy and whole. How's that working for you? <laughs> I can tell you from experience that that don't work. That don't work. We are just constantly projecting on each other to fill each other's, I was going to say holes, and then I thought, well, that would be a whole different podcast, so I won't go there, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm being funny. We are already whole, and what Spirit has taught me and showed me in this channeling was like attracts like. So if you feel whole as a whole person, you will attract another whole person. You will not be attracting somebody that is looking for you to fill in any gaps for them. There will, won't be that projection. There won't be that I won't be happy unless you A, B, and C. 
when two whole individuals come together, it is this kind of concept of I don't need you, but I want you. You add to my life. You make life enjoyable. You're a welcome addition to my life versus I need you and I am not whole without you. These are things that I wish that I learned as a teenager. How many of us have stayed in unhealthy situations, unhealthy relationships, put up with stuff we shouldn't have put up with, um, you know, trying to shrink ourselves in order to fit into somebody else's idea of what we should be when all along that just kept us in this loop. It snowballed so that we just continued to attract people that projected upon us versus I'm a whole ass person and I'm completely happy as I am and this is me. I got that um, that song from, uh, what's the musical? Look out where here I come. You know what I mean? This is me from, I uh, can't remember. It'll come to me later. Musical fans, you know what I'm talking about. Um, or maybe you don't and you're like, she's lost it. I may have lost it. I, um, I was sick for about 10 days and I am still feeling a little bit a little bit out of it, but, <laughs> but I'm going with it. I'm going with it. I hope I'm making sense tonight. Um, the Greatest Showman. It just came to me. It's from the musical, The Greatest Showman. If you haven't already seen The Greatest Showman, you should. Anyways, if you, if we can get to the point where we understand that we are whole beings, and this is a work in progress because we are like shedding eons of conditioning here. But the more you heal yourself, you want to attract your quote unquote soulmate. First of all, I don't think your soulmate can miss you. Okay. I don't think you're going to, you know, miss each other like thieves in the night. I really don't. I believe that our soulmates will find us. Maybe if we are stuck in this pattern of um, looking for our other half constantly, maybe we will delay the process a little bit of them entering our lives? Maybe not. I don't know. But I don't feel that we can miss our soulmates. I don't feel like, oh, let's try again next lifetime. No, I don't feel that. I feel like we will encounter them in each lifetime. But if you are healing and you are feeling like you are good and comfortable with yourself, and you know what you bring to the table, especially in the case of like when we're talking about romantic soulmates in this case, okay? When you feel like, okay, I'm single, I've been through a lot, um, I really want that life partner. If we can get to our get to the point where we are feeling, okay, you know what, I, I'm pretty good, I'm an independent woman, I have what I need, I provide for myself, um, I'm, I'm gonna be like kinda choosy with who I'm connecting with because I know that I'm worthy I'm worthy of being treated well. I'm worthy of, of asking myself. Somebody told me this years ago. I can't remember who it was, if it was like a family member or a friend that was older than me, but somebody said, um, you need to get to the point where you ask yourself, what do you add to my life? And if that person's not adding anything to your life, there's no 
reason that you need to go there. It's okay to ask yourself that question. What are you bringing into my life? Not as a way to fill the holes. Because you're already whole. Okay? So, let's recap. Soulmates are people that come into our lives that I feel like we're predestined to connect with. We're connected at a soul level. There is a feeling of familiarity. Okay? There's a feeling of connection. There's a feeling of like, whoa, where there's something here and I don't know what it is. And we all have felt that feeling at some point in our life, right? I feel like what stumps us sometimes is we think that that just has to come in tied up with a, you know, in a romantic package. And it doesn't always. It can be a pet. It can be a grandparent. It can be a coworker, a friend, a boss, okay? And it also can be a romantic connection, but let's not discount those soulmate connections we have with people that aren't our romantic partners. We can have more than one soulmate in our life. I don't believe that we just have one. I feel like we have multiple. I don't believe that we can miss our soulmates. I don't believe that they can miss us. And I don't mean that in like a, I miss you today kind of sense. I mean, I don't believe that we can go through life without connecting to them in some way, shape or form. I feel like they will find us. I feel like the most important thing about this whole concept of soulmates is that when you meet one, you are forever changed. Whether that's for a season, like maybe there's this deep, strong connection to a professor at university and you were forever changed by that person. I'm thinking in my mind in this moment of like the movie Goodwill Hunting. That was, you know, in my mind, a predestined kind of thing. In order to get Matt Damon's character to realize his full potential, in order for him to live the life that he was meant to live. Robin Williams' character needed to be placed in his path to show him what he was capable of. And so we got to look at this. This was a platonic relationship. It wasn't always easy, right? There's a lot of resistance from both characters about this connection. They were both forever changed by it. didn't last a lifetime. Those characters, I don't know. I'd love to see a sequel. I don't know. But I can imagine that maybe they went their separate ways, didn't keep in touch, but always will remember each other and look back at that experience and that relationship fondly and forever change because of it. I think that's a really good movie. Um, a really good movie example of what soulmates can look like in a non-traditional way. And when I say non-traditional, I mean not romantic connection. I want to end with a quick moment about this concept of twin flames, okay? Now, when I looked online, <laughs> I found this kind of interesting that I got this information from this website, but medicalnewstoday.com, okay? Okay article about twin flames. 
Twin flames, also called mirror souls, are used to describe a relationship ideology rooted in New Age spiritualism. The concept has seen increased popularity in recent times, and it promotes the idea of an intense soul connection between two people thought to be each other's half. Right off the get-go, based on me saying this, and based on what I just talked about, um, I bet you're having a moment where you're like, hmm, I bet Amy doesn't really buy too much into the concept of twin flames. And if you were thinking that, you would be right. I don't buy too much into the concept of twin flames. Please don't come after me. This is just my opinion and based on my experience. This is based on the premise that one soul can incarnate into two separate bodies. I don't know about that. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying that based on my experience and what I channel, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> okay? You think what you're going to think. But as always, my opinion, my experience. These individuals claim to experience a deep soul connection because of a shared similar life path and shared pain and sometimes even trauma. Because individuals are fundamentally similar to their twin flame, they function like a spiritual mirror that reflects each other's strengths, weaknesses, past traumas, and vulnerabilities. Now, I do believe that. I believe that our twin, or not our twin flames, I believe that our soulmates, our soul tribe, our soul family, can create this mirror effect. Have you ever heard, I'm sure you've heard, of the concept opposites attract, right? How often do we hear that? I've said it so many times because I've heard it so many times because a lot of people say that about my husband and I. Opposites attract, right? We're very, very, very different. And I see a lot of relationships like that. Now, in that case, yeah, sometimes I do feel like we mirror for each other. We highlight each other's stuff, and it comes from love, a place of love, because from, you know, at the soul level, it's like, hey, you came here to work on that, right? So there might be things about me that trigger that in you. But it doesn't come from a place of dysfunction. It doesn't come from a place of abuse or pain. It more comes from a place of, hey, I agreed to come here with you, that we were going to connect in this way, shape, and form as husband and wife, as spouses, partners. And we're going to kind of nudge each other towards our highest and best good through shedding layers of ourselves that do not serve us anymore. I believe that. And I be believe that's a concept of, that's another layer of soulmates. This idea of like two, one soul and two separate bodies, that's the part of the twin flame piece that I don't really totally buy into. I'm open-minded enough to know that I know I don't know all the things and I know that my opinion could change based on some new experience that I have. But from where I sit on this day in 2023, I do not necessarily buy into this one soul in two separate bodies piece. Or that we are, you know, that, that, because then it gives us that, gives us that impression of okay so like I, I'm looking for my other half again which I think can be problematic 
So according to this website, signs of a twin flame, an intense sense of familiarity, recognition, and longing. Well, I think that's that goes for soulmates. A strange sense of connection, or sorry, a strong sense of connection. Soulmates, multiple similarities, soulmates. Differences that complement each other, opposites attract, soulmates. Amplification of insecurities, fears, and doubts. Just talked about that. I feel like that goes to soulmates. Inspiration to grow and be better. Just talked about that. Presence of tension. Just talked about that. Twin flames can reopen unhealed wounds and revisit avoided issues that a person would rather not confront. There may also be a constant tension as one as both grow and heal from the relationship. So to me... All of this really just sounds like soulmates to me. When you think of a twin flame, like I think in maybe common media culture, I think anybody, most people that are talking about twin flames, like if I was going to go on TikTok and Google twin flames, I think most things would be about your romantic twin flame, right? And it's we're opposites and there's pain and heartache and we are, you know, misconnections and... We are, you know, basically trying to heal the other person through stuff. But I think this can be very problematic. I hear very often, even from past clients, you know, yeah, that, that boyfriend of mine or that ex of mine, he didn't treat me well or he was abusive in some way or he couldn't commit or... Fill in the blank. But I think he's my twin flame. So I think that's, you know, how it's supposed to be. That's where it gets problematic for me. It's not that I don't agree with the concept of twin flame. I don't agree necessarily with how we think about it. Like, okay, so if somebody is a twin flame, does that mean that we can put up with being treated badly because through being treated badly we're actually fulfilling our soul's contract and we're actually healing I don't know about that I don't think so again don't come at me if you don't agree with me about twin flames but for me everything I read off about twin flames sounds to me like soulmates I don't necessarily feel like one soul incarnates in two separate bodies. So to recap, do I believe in soulmates? Absolutely I do. I have met a few of mine. I don't believe that they are all romantic. I believe that we have platonic soulmates as well. I believe that we have multiple soulmates. I believe the most important thing about a soulmate is that you are forever changed by each other. I don't believe that you have to be in each other's lives forever, but that you will have made a lasting impression on each other and changed the, the path you were on. Think about Goodwill, that example from Goodwill Hunting. And I imagine if you sat here and you thought about instances in your lifetime where there was some sort of, maybe it was a relationship, maybe it was a short-term relationship, maybe it was something longer, maybe it was a chance encounter, but there have been people that you have met, or, like, it might be an animal, right, because they come 
by way of pets as well. There has been relationships in which you were forever changed from and by. And that's where I will leave you today. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. I hope you've enjoyed listening to what has come through for me about soulmates, um, my opinions about soulmates. And um, yeah, I'd love to hear what you think as always. If you have any thoughts about what I'm talking about or if you would like to suggest a future podcast episode, topic to me, please reach out to me. You can reach me on any of my social media. It's the intuitive rising across the board. Reach out to me. You can find all my information in the show notes and um, yeah, let's have a talk. If you want to come on and be interviewed by me or talk about something um, that you feel especially passionate about, please reach out and we will talk about that as well. I hope you're having a wonderful day and I will see you soon. Keep rising. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Intuitive Rising podcast. If you would like to continue the chats and join a group of like-minded souls on their own spiritual journey, please request to join the Intuitive Rising community over on Facebook. All are welcome. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider giving it a five-star rating. If you'd like to connect with me directly, please visit my website at theintuitiverising.com.